0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast, introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 35 of the podcast. And today I'm really fortunate, not only am I talking to an outstanding educator, but she's also one of the most lovely, kind people I've ever met in person now. Tracy Lockwood is all the way from Alberta, Canada, and... Not only is she the creator of Play Education, um, where she's really just dominating and made this amazing new resource for not only PE teachers, but classroom teachers as well, called Focus on Fundamentals. Um, Tracy is also a master educator in dance play, which is a really new sort of way to engage students through dance. It's not a typical sort of line dance or thing like that. So um, all that aside, she also shares some amazing uh, experiences that She's had over a 25 year journey as an educator. So, um, everybody, this is a really fun uh, interview, and I'm really excited to talk to Tracy. So, hopefully, you enjoy this interview, episode number 35. Tracy, thanks for joining me. How are you today?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, good. Now, you're joining us all the way from Alberta, Canada, is that correct?
1: I am, yeah, and it's. Uh, I just had my fireplace on. It's pretty chilly, actually. Wow. It's about minus fifteen today. Wow,
0: <laughs> that's that's not chilly. That's freezing. And I'm sitting in Melbourne, Australia, and I think it's about twenty eight degrees here. I was actually uh, just went for a run in a singlet. I was sweating a lot. So completely different worlds we're in at the moment.
1: Oh, how glorious! I just envy <laughs> that uh, that heat actually. And there's snow on the ground already uh usually there's a little bit of snow but there's a little bit more than normal this year so yeah we're right in the right in the mix of winter but winter actually doesn't start till december 21st so
0: So, gee so if it's already negative 15 it's going to be quite cold i'm guessing
1: yeah, and a long, long winter, <laughs> like usual, actually.
0: All right. So basically, for my listeners out there, if they obviously haven't heard of you before, can you just sort of give us maybe a little bit of a background on your upbringing and uh, yeah, anything like that, so you can sort of paint the picture for the listeners out there?
1: Sure. So uh, I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I just uh, now I live in St. Albert, which is just a community just north of Edmonton. Um, I, uh, I I was thinking about uh, you know, my upbringing and background earlier, and just the fact that I was kind of part of that generation that was like I was part of the free range children generation, where my mom would kick us out of the house and tell us to come home when the street lights came on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a pretty awesome childhood, just like running the neighborhood. Uh, all of the, all of our friends, so many kids in this older neighborhood. Um, most of the time, we were skating at the outdoor rink. We were playing flag football. Uh, we were, you know, basically doing every activity outside possible. And um, I grew up playing sports. So as soon as possible, uh, where I could be part of a team, I started playing volleyball, basketball, soccer. Was part of a track team, so did that since grade seven uh, competitively all the way to grade 12, my end of my high school years, and then continued and played volleyball. Uh, that was my favorite sport. And so played volleyball in uh, my first year at uh, post-secondary education here in Alberta. And, um, and so, yeah, sports was a huge part of my life and, um, was part of my upbringing. And I think that's, uh, that's a lot of where I kind of get that teamwork uh, all that, the idea of cooperation and teamwork and, uh, extraversion. I don't know. I think that's where I kind of get it from, but, um, and it's really interesting. Like I grew up, even though I grew up being like highly competitive athlete and doing all that stuff. And I really wanted to be a physical education teacher. I wanted to teach high school. I wanted to coach. And, you know, I believe that that kind of led me to where I am today. Like it's, it's funny cause it's now, um, all about sportsmanship for me and I love sport, but I love just activity for all. So it's, it's been a real, a real journey of, uh, of like bringing my background now to where I am now with, um, with how much fun I have with my job and, and still being active. I, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome that I can still continue with that passion.
0: Yeah, and I think the big thing you mentioned there that uh, your parents were a big believer in just go out and play experience, like no rules, no, it, there was no, you can just basically do whatever you like. Do you think that's played a big part in, I'm going to get to obviously where you are with play education now, but do you think that's played a big role in like the experimental play and just going out and being active to where it was your teaching experience and where you are now?
1: Oh, absolutely. And then it, you know, it played a big part in how we raised our two boys. And so, um, even though like I was part of a, uh, you know, this, uh, a generation where I could play outside and, um, my parents didn't worry about what was going to happen. And, um, it was very safe, seemed, and it seemed, it still is safe. Um, but I think with our, like, even though I played sports, it we we played, i I played season sports. So volleyball ended at a certain time. Then I could play basketball. That ended. then I could play soccer. That ended. then it was track. So because of that, now, because of how things have changed, where now you play, you can play one sport all year round. Um, I think it's just it's just a lot different. But you know why, my husband and I uh, just even just raising our boys, they did play a lot of sport growing up and, you know, lots of the schedule was busy, but the emphasis was not only on that. It was like, if you have a birthday party to go to, that's what you're going to besides your practice. Yep. Um, if you don't want to get up for this 6am hockey practice, neither do I, but you know, of course commitment's important, but at the same time, life, there needs to be a balance and so I feel like we've, you know, really tried to emphasize that. And I, I had that balance in my upbringing. So, yeah, I do think in that idea of play and um, doing all the activities, you know, hide and seek and sardines and, and then playing sport too, but just for fun uh, was a big part of it. Even though I went, ended up playing sports competitively, um, it, uh, yeah, I do remember the fact that it was fun. When yeah. we when we played unstructured play.
0: Yeah, and I think the the key words that I've listened to from there is Play fun and unstructured and I think um, that really flows in nicely to this amazing brand you've bought uh, not bought created in in play education <laughs> and um, I was lucky enough to see this in action and I've followed you for quite a while would you like to explain where obviously you've spoken a lot about um, not having rules and just having fun engaging playing and everything like that but how did you get these ideas and these beliefs that you had with Obviously, growing up and and raising your two children and so forth like that. How did this all come to this amazing brand that you now run and operate in Play Education?
1: Yeah. So the funny thing is, I spent a year trying to think of a name, and then it just came to me. And how it came to me is, my husband and I uh, and our boys we we sometimes will go on hikes or a lot of times we'll take our mountain bikes. And, um, now that my boys are older, it's usually my husband and I now. So we, uh, my husband and I were mountain biking, uh, in the city on uh, went some of the trails and, uh, we'd stop for a coffee and, uh, we had our bike lock. And so I put the bike lock on and I realized that the code for the bike lock was a word and, uh, the word was play. And, <laughs> I don't know. It just and the idea that play means so much. So, just P L A Y stands for. I, I I do a lot of workshops and I deliver a lot of professional development. Did that for almost ten years before starting my business. Um, and for, to me, play stood for professional learning and you. Uh, so I thought, oh, perfect! I can continue with that idea of doing professional learning or professional development. And then it also stood for uh, physical literacy and you. So a lot of my background is delivering workshops in physical literacy and helping, you know, physical education teachers reach the aim of the phys ed program, which is to hopefully develop kids that are physically literate. And so professional learning and you, physical literacy and you, and then just the word play, I thought this is perfect. Like this is totally me. So it it worked out. uh, It definitely ticks a
0: lot of boxes. And I, I didn't know all those acronyms for it. I, I just love the word play because I think it's got so many different meanings, like you said, but, um, such a such a good model and and i know i've seen you present and you're a true professional um recently i was lucky enough to be in dubai and i met you there and um your masterclass session was um focusing on fun so if you mentals um would you like to talk yes. about a little bit about this and another i love how you're using like the play the fun i think it's it just spells straight away that everything you're creating is just the ultimate fun and success and everyone everyone can get involved is that sort of what you're going for
1: That's exactly what I'm going for. You know, that, that that idea that, um, you know, you can, you can do activity that is for all, you know, that it can be fun. So for me, like, I, I don't enjoy working out unless it's fun, unless it's, there's a social aspect to it, unless I'm listening to music. Um, there has to be something that's going to draw you into it. Um, and this word fun, I feel like it's given a bad rap. And so um, the idea that fun can't be purposeful, to me, that's wrong. I, I believe that like fun can be all of the activities that I do are are fun, but they also have a purpose behind them. They're practical. So that session that I did, um, that was really fun. So it was, uh, it was really just, I, I shared a resource that I just created called Focus on Fundamentals. And uh, and then the second part is developing uh, supporting the development of physical literacy, and in the resource I have 90 activities, and so um, and it's broken up into three sections: warm up, lesson plan, and cool down activities. And then the idea is that um, the activities are of course fun, but they have there's a skill. Uh, attached, you know, that it can build, um, skills like stability skills, non-locomotor skills or locomotor skills or object manipulative skills. So I've also broken up the resource into, uh, each of those sections has stability skill, locomotor skill activities and manipulative activities. So, um, there is, there's a lot of purpose behind it, but I want it to be a planning guide. And then I, I also wanted, um, teachers from kindergarten all the way to grade 12 to be able to use it. Um, I taught high school physical education, and I also taught primary physical education. So um, the idea that you can't play a game of tag with high school students, you know, makes me sad. So I know that this, even though I don't say what grade levels you can do these activities for, I think at any age, you can have fun. You can, uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, add some fun element to it. Any activity that you're doing, and uh, there's another part to it is music. So every activity has a music link. Um, or I call it tune selection or suggestion, I mean, uh, where you can, where I, ch- I provide the song, the name of the song, the artist, so you can download that music that goes with that activity. At least I think it went with the activity. Um, I'm sure there's lots of other songs that go with it, but it seemed to make sense. And I think music is one of those things that's fun, that adds the element of motivation. Um, kids are more, more motivated, adults are more motivated when it's fun. And everybody I saw is, yeah. that, everybody is, and I saw that come to your sessions, your session at uh, Connected PE in Dubai, that was, that was so much fun, Dale. <laughs> I had the <laughs> best time at your session. So yeah, this idea of, of fun is, um, is great for all ages.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the big thing you mentioned there is that it doesn't matter how old you are, uh, deep down, everybody's a little kid. You know, I think yeah. I think the younger one, the kindergarten and the, and the grade one and grade two, yes, they are actually physically that age and they're small, but even adults and, you know, grade 12s and things like that, deep down, they're kids as well. So by putting on an age restriction to games, I think that is really limiting. Uh, and that's one thing I really like about everything you produce. And, and I have seen that resource. And I think for teachers out there, you have made it that simple uh, to plan super engaging lessons and have different concepts and mix and match um, and I think that's what you're going for is that about right
1: yeah that's exactly what I was going for and I think it will tie in to so many different curriculum out there so um, it's not prescriptive for one program um, I love that teachers can pick it up and just you know, maybe they don't have a strong background in physical education. Uh, we have a lot of generalist teachers, a lot of classroom teachers teaching their own physical education around the world, um, and especially here in Alberta. And so, you know, making it that user friendly, and then also making it for the physical education specialist that they can pick it up and um, and be able to use it. Uh, I had a friend that uh, purchased it and text me. Mind you, she's maybe a little more biased. She's my friend. Uh, she said, this resource has changed my life. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So, uh, maybe she's just being really kind, but I I think, think uh, oh, thanks man. I think it is one of those things that, uh, that just is another tool. There's so many activities out there, so many great ways to get kids motivated and to help them, you know, develop skills and, feel confident and in movement. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty proud after 10 years of putting this thing together and finally, you know, just, uh, making it work how it is. So,
0: yeah, and I think what a what a great stage to release it on as well, and um, from all reports, and I obviously saw it myself, everybody loved it, and I suppose another thing, and I really wanted to talk to you about this, because dance, for me, when you mention dance, I start shaking, I start sweating, even if it was <laughs> negative 15 with the fire on, I've got two left feet, Um for teachers out there that you know probably aren't the best dancers, which I'm definitely not, um, you're an amazing dancer. You do a lot of it. What what would be some tips for teachers out there that are scared of dancing? Where would you start? Just maybe a couple of little things to put me on my right way so I get rid of both left feet.
1: <laughs> oh, I you know it's hard to believe that you are two left feet <laughs> the way that you jump up on benches and motivate people. Um, but uh, that's so funny that you. That you say that I'm a really good dancer because the fact is I don't have any dance training. I never took any growing up. Uh I was too busy playing sports. And so I think that helped me in the ability to kind of move around. But um I do love music. I do love like I have, I guess, a connection to music. But I um I've always loved teaching dance. So when I started, first started teaching, I was uh, teaching a grade seven, eight, nine physical education. So um, I used to love like doing line dances. It's big here in Alberta, line dancing, yeah. uh, and and around the world, um, and uh, circle dances, partner dancing, like the waltz and the two step and those kind of things. And that was my dance unit. And then I would have kids create their own moves, and they would like. Present in front of each other and be really, really nervous about it. Uh, get I let let them choose their own music, all that kind of stuff. Um, but something came into my life—a program called Dance Play—about three years ago. I met the owner of Dance Play. Her name's Melanie Levenberg, and it really changed how I teach dance. And it is actually the best way I've ever taught dance in uh almost 25 years of being an educator and so dance play i don't do you want can i tell you about the program of course is you can. Okay? That's,
0: this, is what, this is i'm already thinking cool i might be able to dance
1: okay yes you can so i actually danced today in a school and I couldn't tell who was having more fun, the staff that were there, the EAs and the teachers or the students. And, uh, at one point, one of the staff members brought in a pretend microphone and was singing and dancing at the same time. And, um, so that's what this program does. Like when I first uh, saw it, I was, um, working as a health and phys ed consultant and, uh, needed to have some different sessions at a workshop. So I, I found Melanie, the owner of dance play, found her online doing a YouTube video of dance play. And so, um, thought, Oh, that'd be cool to bring that to the conference. So did hired her to do that. But she said, well, why don't you come and come to an instructor course? So I did, um, and had no idea what I was even getting myself into. And, uh, the rest is history became a, master trainer in dance play six months later and now I get to travel all over the world doing it but it I also um you know get to dance in schools with kids and so that being able to go back into school after being a phys ed consultant and um work with kids again I I just see the magic of this program so the idea is that there's um the rules of choreography, like the rules that you have to have this, you know, copy class where you do, you know, right and left and do this, do that is thrown out the window. And so it is, uh, it's a really interactive, like 360 degree approach to dance where we use like top 40 awesome music. And so really engages kids and inspires them to like move and not feel like everybody's watching them because we're all over the space. Unlike line dancing and circle dancing and of course partner dancing, but you are, you're facing each other or you're facing a line that's in front of you this way. We're because we're all over the space. um, And I feel like dance is sometimes one of those things that people um, automatically yay or nay, they can't do it or they can do it. Um, yeah, and I had like uh, I had actually a grade a five year old boy in uh, kindergarten class say to me before we even started, say, "I can't do dance. My dad says it's for girls." Oh. Hmm. yeah. And so this idea that a five year old is thinking that like before he even starts, and so um, I, I, my my whole my whole plan. It is to just get into a school. I want every single child, I want every single student moving. And I love that this this program just kind of throws those um all those rules of what dance is and just it, we develop physical literacy through dance. There's lots of hopping and jumping and leaping and turning and twisting and like skipping and balancing and all that stuff. Um, but the confidence that I see with kids, the smiles on their faces the social interactions through the high fives and the eye contact and the moving around the space because you're looking at each other so much. The, um, the opportunities for self-expression. One of the rules of dance play is be yourself. So in dance play, you can't get it wrong. Whatever you're doing is right. Like in fact, the more different you look, the better. Um, and so other rules like there is be positive. Um, I talk to kids about the fact that it's easier to go to the negative. Um, I want you to practice being positive. And so going from I can't to I can. So just right off the start, the introduction starts with that. And and that they're not allowed to have fun, um, that I want them to be fun. And so uh, be the most fun version uh, that they can be of themselves. And so right off the start, it's, you know, kind of just... uh, levels the playing field so even those high level dancers um come in and you know they kind of look around like what's going on here <laughs> we're moving all over the space but then those kids that don't have a background in dance they can do it it's so inclusive
0: i like that. Heaps of takeaways So dance play I'll actually I'll have a link to that In the show notes As well as Obviously the fo- focus On fundamentals Of your new book But I think the big things You mentioned there Is music and, and you said that To all activities And I couldn't agree more But not only that Having music That the students Can relate to all right? the, old, the old line dances Are great And I think it's really good To learn those And, and still have that Sort of traditional stuff But when students can relate to the music straight away, you've already got them on side. And I like the fact that no one's watching me, so I don't feel threatened and there's no touch as well. And also the big one is the sneaky fitness. You said jumping, bounding, running, you know, moving around. These are all things that are really important because the students are actually forgetting that they're moving, they're getting active, they're getting the heart rate up because they're doing a dance to their liking.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, I've done dance dance play with... um With hockey teams, with soccer teams, with swim clubs, with, you know, lacrosse teams. And I, in fact, did dance play with a group of 16 to 17 year old boys and they're high level hockey athletes. Um, And after one hour, actually during the one hour, they needed to take two breaks for water. And after one hour, I was like, okay, what do you guys think of dance play? And they were like, we want to do this every day. And so, it was awesome yeah it's awesome
0: i love the sound of that now you you just mentioned that i know well for the last 10 years you've been running workshops you do them for all different walks of life so you know right through from young students to old students even for adults that so you recently did in Dubai. um if people want to obviously see you in action because um you can do as many webinars you can listen to podcasts you can watch youtube videos can read blogs you can do all this but i think there's nothing like a live workshop so if people want to see one of these or if they want to organize one of their school, you know, to get the play education, to get the dance play, um, to get all these things going on, um, how can we go about doing that?
1: Well, uh, I have a website that has a list of the workshops that I do and the website is playeducation.ca and so they can, you know, visit the website, check out all the workshops uh, under professional development and then if, uh, I can be hired to go do dance play as well. Um, and that's with kids, but there's also dance play workshops where, uh, people can get, uh, the instructor training or have, uh, just a, a shorter workshop. Um, but then I also do like my physical education workshops, workshops, including focus on fundamentals and, uh, I, I can pretty much uh, travel around anywhere to do those. I get hired a lot uh, to go everywhere. Actually, tomorrow I am leaving to go uh, do some sessions at uh, the Missouri um, State Physical Education Conference. Uh, it's called Moeford, and then uh, I'm doing some dance sessions there. And then I'm also going to Kentucky to meet the owner of Dance Play, and uh, we're doing some dance sessions in Kentucky at the um, – their state conference phys conference and then i'm also doing a focus on fundamentals uh, session there so pretty excited about that um, very busy yeah yeah very busy from uh from you know staying local to uh to all over the map so it's uh but it's really exciting i love traveling and, uh, and um, yeah, I think
0: I think you're busy for one reason, and that's because the stuff that you provide, Tracy, is top-notch and not only motivating, but I think the big thing is it's fun. Dancing's fun, and um, everybody, once you show them how to do it and you make it a supportive environment, um, it doesn't matter who you are, I might lose both my left feet, and that's why people are booking you up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, you're so kind. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, now, I, I always like to finish my interviews with my amazing guests with a couple of questions, all right? And um, I've, I've worded you up here, so i give you a little, I didn't just put you straight on the spot, but um, I'm a big fan of icebreakers, team building activities, time fillers or anything like that. Um, do you have one go-to activity that you love, as a, like a team building activity or an icebreaker when you've got new groups?
1: I do. I really love, um, I really liked doing, uh, it's called, I call it pass and pursue. Um, and I use it all the time and it's one of those ones that you can use it and then you can adapt it in so many different ways, but, and you've probably played it. And basically every person finds a partner. Um, sometimes you have to have one group of three cause we don't always have evenly perfect uh, perfectly even groups groups or whatever so find a partner and they choose an object to pass back and forth and um, I always have the music on for this so when they're passing the music's going when the music stops whoever has the object is it and so that person has to move and chase the other person um, and I usually kind of tend to change the locomotion so it's not just below running uh, that they're skipping or they're galloping or they're penguin walking um, or they're, you know, doing a, another style of movement. And so the person with the object, they have to chase their partner. Uh, if they tag them, they freeze where they are and then they pass back and forth again. If they cannot tag their partner, because sometimes people are quick, and uh, they can't tag their partner. When the music goes back on, they freeze and they automatically start passing back and forth. And so I love this activity because you can uh, strike with an open hand. You can toss underhand. You can use a, a soccer ball or football, I guess you call it in other parts of the world. And you can kick, uh, do a little kick back and forth and pass that way. You can add some basketball skills into it and bounce pass or chess pass. Um so there's so many adaptations. So I love that activity, Pass and Pursue.
0: Cool. And I, what I like about that as well is that there's no winners or losers. Nobody sits out. You, can, you give sort of freedom over to the students because you don't tell them how to pass the ball. They may kick it. They may head it. They may knee it. They can do whatever they like. So, and again, probably like the dancing, nobody's actually isolating two students and looking at them going, oh, you're no good. Everybody feels safe. Um, so that's a yeah. great game. And you can probably play that very easily in the classroom as well and you get animal movements going on. Like you just mentioned a penguin. I'd love to see that in action.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, it must be a Canadian thing.
0: <laughs> I don't I, know. I do know a lot of animal movements. I use a lot of them, but I haven't heard of a penguin. So I might have to uh, actually look that <gasps> yes. one up.
1: It's pink when walking. Just walk really quick with stiff arms <laughs> down by your side.
0: <laughs> I think uh, any, any movement that you can refer to an animal, I think it gives it so much more credibility.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I always tell, uh, I do these things called community play days with parents and their preschool kids. And so I, I always say, like, if you can't think of a way to move, just, you know, think of animal movements. It's a great way to get your child moving and yourself. That's, that's
0: a really good tip. I like that. Now, um, my, final, my final question is, and I, I like to think about this. I, I think about it a lot if um, if you were just starting out as a teacher and you only had one tip. So I know that you've probably got 10 amazing ones. But if you were starting out as a teacher and you could write yourself a letter, Tracy, and say, this is the one tip that you need to know and it'll set up your career. It'll make uh, everything you need to know just so so awesome. What would that one tip be?
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. There are so many because, you know, when you start out, you're just like survival mode as a starting teacher. <laughs> so definitely, definitely. I, yeah, I think I think that the biggest thing is I, I would have um, brought in more community partners. I would have like built those relationships with with people like. Um, those associations that could come in like lacrosse and broomball since I'm here in Canada, but um, just having other associations and other organizations that are experts in their area come in and do those things as much as possible. Some are for fee, some are free, but um, just this idea that, you know, I didn't have to be the expert in everything. And when I first started teaching, I was, I was teaching – Uh, primary kids. And I actually was trained in secondary education. And so I also taught older kids too, but it was, it was a, it was a real struggle to, to figure out, you know, that curriculum and those little guys that were, I wasn't used to. And so, yeah, I just, I would think about who else can I bring in that would be, you know, an amazing uh, expert in their area, like gymnastics or dance or, Um, fitness like yourselves, like somebody that could do that. That would be would be something that I would I would I look back and I think I should have done more of that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that is a really good tip. And I was in the same boat. My first job was a primary school PE teacher and I'd only ever trained as a high school. And I think that when you're first out you think I need to be able to do everything I've got to be able to do everything. And um, what ended up happening is you stress yourself out because you feel like you've got yeah. no support. You actually don't, you're like, I can't do this. So I think that's a really good advice that um, seek professionals. And not only will they run an amazing session for your students, but you'll be able to learn off them as well because you never stop learning.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. After, even after 25 years of being an educator, it's it's a constant, I'm constantly learning. And I think that's, yeah that's like the my purpose kind of sometimes of getting up in the morning is um what am I going to learn today or who am I going to work with and hopefully inspire today I guess
0: (laughs) and that's I think that's a great way to look now um always like to finish this so um been a great interview so far but um loving all the amazing work you're doing and things like that but where can we find out more about you or have you got anything exciting coming up that you'd like to share with people
1: Yeah. So um, again, my website, playeducation.ca, you can see some free uh, lessons from um, my new resource Focus on Fundamentals. You can also purchase it there if you want. Um, And uh, my email is, uh, you'll probably put it in the show notes, but uh, tracy.playeducator at gmail.com. And uh, and also like something exciting that's uh, just happening is that uh, my husband and I are going to be moving to Macau moving to Asia and so there uh, hopefully will be a lot of opportunities there that uh, I can I can dance I can bring my resource I can do physical education workshops and get into schools and um, I'm really excited about those opportunities.
0: Wow that's that's massive news it's uh one thing that uh, I'll probably tell you, it's going to be a little bit warmer than where you currently are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was a little bit of a push in that direction, uh, looking outside at the early snowfall <laughs> and the cold temperatures. It, it doesn't hurt to yeah look outside and then say, okay, yeah, I think we've, I think we've made a good decision here.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much for all of that, Tracy. I'll, I'll have in the show notes, I'll have a link to play education, I'll talk about a little link for Dance Play, um, as well as having your email address and your Twitter handle. For teachers out there, I always talk about how powerful Twitter is um, and I know that yours is play underscore educated. So I will put it that is. in there for people out there. So thank you very much, Tracy, for giving up your time today.
1: You're welcome, Dale. Thanks so much. I'm really grateful that you, that you invited me to do this today.
0: Cheers. Thank you.